When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Chills. Here we are again. It's been another lovely week. And to discuss that lovely week, we've only gone and got the old Chelsea historian, as usual, coming along and probably saying really intelligent stuff, Rick Glanville. Thank you very much, Kerry. I am history. <laughs> you, you, well, you want to be careful about that because it'll just cut you <laughs> off, you know. I mean, your history. No, you I understand your your sort of uh, what you're trying to say, but be careful. Be very careful, Rick. Um, <laughs> uh, how are you anyway? Splendid, mate. Oh, what a time to be a Chelsea supporter. Oh, I know. Well, well, talking of which, we've got another wonderful guest. His first appearance of the season. It's John Batsek, film producer, documentarian, an all round top guy. Hello, John. Hello there. Yes, it's a it's it's a pleasure to be back. It's been a while. Uh, I've been in training. I've been in off season training, and I'm very happy to be back. As you said, what a great time to be back. Excellent, excellent. And how's things been with you? You've been uh, busy making films. Anything we should know about? What's coming up? What are you on? What's you know, going I've on? Been, I've been sorry. I've been I've been extremely busy. It's true. I've been all over the world. Well, we made a film about racism in Australia that took us to Melbourne and Sydney, then Toronto and Telluride. And it's been quite a journey. And now I'm just finishing up a bunch of films to submit to Sundance. And, and you know, it's f- all systems go. Brilliant. Yeah, so, sounds, it sounds like an interesting film. And, and I, I, I guess really relevant in this day and age because racism is uh, rearing its head everywhere, isn't it, at the moment? So um, we won't go too much into that. But I would think that's a very current project to be working on. Well, not least because the story, I'll tell you very briefly, is, is, is about uh, uh, the sort of lead indigenous Australia, Aussie rules football player who, much like many of our football players and all football players playing in Central Europe, found himself horrifically abused in the middle of a match and stopped when he heard it and pointed to the, to the place from which the abuse had come and said, I want that person taken out of this ground. 
turned out a 13-year-old girl, and within two years, the player himself, Adam Goods, had been driven out of the game. Oh, Ooh, that's okay. Wow. That, that sounds like one hell that of a, a scenario. <laughs> but um, okay, and and when is this uh, coming out, and where is it coming out? I mean, it's I don't want to go too much into no, the story because no, no. don't want to ruin the ending. It'll be in cinemas in this country in March of next year. It's currently just gone past $1.1 million at the box office in Australia. That's wow. pretty good, isn't it? For, especially uh, that, that, that is quite a lot, isn't it, for a documentary? It puts it to the t- into the top 10 of all time. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good result. So it's touched a raw nerve by the sound of it, John. It definitely has. It's, it, yeah, listen, it's, yeah, it very definitely has. It's a... I mean, love amazing country, but it's it's rife with problems in that area that are pretty staggering. Well, well I imagine that... yeah, nativists must have a bit of a problem. White nativists in Australia must have a bit of a problem with issues like that. Sure do. Yeah, sure and, do. And is it the kind of situation where you're making uh, with films like that? Are you very much out in the open making it, or or do people sort of hear you're making it? Do, is it is it hard? to make this type of documentary uh, if people know about it? I mean, not really. You know, we, we, we were out in the open. Obviously, there's some key characters in the story who are on the what one might call the wrong side of the story, who one has to sort of tread carefully in how we had to tread carefully in how we approached them. But we were we were very open about what we were doing and we approached everyone. And ultimately, you know, you know, yeah, we, we sort of grabbed, we took it on head on, basically. Interesting. I, 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 it sounds like something that's well worth seeing. And when did you say that's coming out over here? It'll be in cinemas here in March of next year. Okay, well, we, we'll have you back before then, and no doubt you'll have made another couple of films by then as well, because you never seem to stop, John. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Just finished one about Andy Murray, but let's move on. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's, let's go all the way back uh, to last week. And Ajax away. Now, now everyone thought this was going to be the game. This was the game that could possibly see us uh, into the Europa League already. That, you know, Chelsea weren't quite ready for Champions League with the squad and the players that we've got. Um, how did you see the Ajax game before it happened, Rick? We all know what happened at the end. But what, what was your feelings before it? Um, some trepidation, uh, excitement, anticipation. But... Um, a feeling that they play in a very similar fashion to ourselves, which is possession with high intensity and purpose. Uh, and they're a lot further down the route, uh, the, the project, than we are. And I wondered whether we might come unstuck a little. The other thing is, of course, it's a young side and you expect inconsistencies uh, to appear over the course of the season. But I was just so impressed with so many of the performances uh, in Amsterdam, um, the composure that was shown, I mean, right till the, you know, the last five minutes keeping possession and against, you know, well, he's a, a team that got to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. And I, I thought we, we matched them and outplayed them, actually, and um, just brilliant to watch. And when you think how how uh, really the coaching staff have only been in a matter of months. The transformation is incredible. Well, I mean, this is true, isn't it? I mean, John, um, I don't know if you've been able to get 
to as many games as you normally get to. But uh, have you been surprised at the way not just a team has begun to really gel together, but seemingly the whole squad? It seems like a happy ship at the moment, and they keep surprising us week in, week out. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a kind of an amazing experience, isn't it? Because yeah, it's in some respects it's come as a huge surprise, and then and then on the other hand, when we think when you think about Frank and his character and his connection mm. to the club and his career and and everything he stands for and the sort of stand up guy that he is mm. and and the relationship that he clearly built with his players at Derby and the respect he has generally, you know, on if you think about it that way, it's sort of it's not a surprise. So. So it's 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 definitely it's certainly been a pleasant surprise and and as you say the team has sort of you know over the, over the course of this season they've they've grown so quickly and sort of now feel like a really cohesive team playing for each other playing for the manager playing with confidence and yeah I I I thought if we could come out of the Ajax game with a point we'd have done extremely well going into it that is and 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 it's yeah it's been so far so very impressive. And, and do, do you not think, uh, Rick, that what we're seeing is th- this is an incredibly young manager, an incredibly young squad. Uh, I think he's he's showing already he's a progressive manager and mm. he's given these youthful players a real chance to shine. Um, what I find so interesting is he's willing to adapt, to react, to think, to think about the game ahead and once it's going on, to change things well i mean i agree with what john's saying about the we know the quality of frank lampard as a player what we didn't know was the quality of him as a as a coach despite the fact that he played under some formidable uh, men before you know Mourinho and all sorts of other people um but i think what's really impressed me is how he's making tweaks and they're working. Uh, you know, he we had this issue with conceding from set plays, uh, and he made a tweak. He's he made a he's gone from a, a zonal system where players just simply marked space and danger zone to a hybrid system where we have some people are man marking, some are zonally marking, some are um, attacking the ball, and we haven't conceded set plays since then. I think there are other things where his use of personnel, the way that he's slotting people in, like obviously we'll come on to it later, but uh, Pulisic, uh, knowing when he was ready to be deployed, I think he's it's so admirable the way that he is a big money signing like that has been made to wait until they uh, 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 and and. And given that he felt it was ready, and I think what that shows all of the players, and I think there are other examples of this, is that what is happening in the dressing room there's a meritocracy, and if you show that you have the qualities and you're ready to shine, then you're given the opportunity. It's not your place as of right; you have to earn it, and that goes for the senior players as much as it's as the youngsters. And do, do you think with with this meritocracy that it's easier? to keep players happy. You, you can imagine somebody like Callum Hudson-Odoi, if this was last season mm. and he hadn't signed his contract, all of us fans would be going, oh, no, it's great that things are happening, but Callum's now being taken out of the side. But isn't this, John, 
the point of a young squad is that actually what you're saying is you're all buying into this. Ultimately, it'll probably be Hudson-Odoi and Pulisic uh, 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 in the first team together once William perhaps disappears or whatever. Um, that actually it's this encouragement to make the youngsters realise this is a squad. There isn't a first team per se, but if mm. you play well, you will play. How do you think about that, John? Yeah, I agree. And I, I have to say, I was kind of impressed with Frank at the weekend when he came out. And he, I mean, I didn't know what he explained to us all, which was Ulysses only had a week off when he came back from his tournament in America. And, and Frank felt with the price tag and everything that he and with his fitness, he needed some time to sort of, you know, to, to, to find his feet and to slowly but surely show what he could do. And I think I think that that, that made perfect sense. And clearly the player has responded extremely well to it. And, and you can just tell the players buy into what he's telling them. They buy into his philosophy and they, they are ready to do it the way he wants to do it. So, so I think he's very quickly established that sort of psychology for the team and for himself, whereby, you know, I don't expect to see or hear Callum moaning if he is dropped for a game or rested for a game. Likewise, Lusic doesn't start the next game. I think they all understand what's going on. And, you know, he's, as I said, he's, he's, he's proving himself to be a smart manager, just like he was a smart player. And I think, you know, I also suspect when you've achieved as much as he has in the game, the players want to believe in him and they want to buy into his philosophy. And as you say, having had a problem with conceding goals at set pieces, now all he's got to do is figure out what we do about conceding goals from being 4-0 up. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but I'd, I'd like to talk that that defence is a very interesting part of, of our team because, um, you know, I was speaking to Andy after the game uh, at the weekend. He's saying, oh, we still got problems with the defence. And I think, well, yes and no. I mean, there's, there's always going to be problems with the defence when teams just throw caution to the wind and come at you. I actually think that we are seeing a very interesting time with, with two players in the centre of that defence who are really starting to forge a partnership. And I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there, but is there a chance that uh, Zoom and Tamore could keep Rudiger out of the, the side, um, Rick? I think there's every chance for the reasons I said earlier that you have to earn that. You don't just get in because you've got the right name. And... Um, I take issue with Andy. I know I always like to take issue with Andy. But... That's why I thought I'd just drop that in. <laughs> but I don't think, if we are going to talk about the, the Burnley match, the two goals conceded there, I don't think they were the defence's fault. I think they were the midfield's fault. I thought that they were, it was, a, I, th I think if there's a lesson, you know, we're, we're talking about bringing on players through and we we you know we haven't got we aren't able to buy anyone at the moment and lots of people are saying oh well if you could who would you buy I think the one uh, chess piece we might be missing is a, a senior central midfielder uh, who could like a Mikel type figure who could come on and clo help us close out games late in the game I think what you saw against Burnley was the ramifications of the uh, intensity mentally and physically of Ajax a few days earlier. I think that was what was in their legs. They were tired. They couldn't close people down and they got two long shots cracked off and scored from them. And, and John, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, going back to the Ajax game as well, 
you know, do you, do you enjoy seeing those two forging a partnership? Because let's go back to Man U, the 4-0 away um, result, where actually you thought Kurt Zuma is not long for the world at Chelsea. You thought, <laughs> well, he, he could be gone, you know, and not only just out of the side, out of the squad, maybe out of the club. And what's brilliant is Frank has actually totally kept his career alive and I think evolved him as a player. How do you feel about that, John? I agree entirely. But I also get the sense with Kazuma, and I sort of remember it from when he was with us previously. And actually, just from the way he plays the ball, Zuma needs to play games and play games and play games. I think Frank's going to struggle with him if he's a player. Yeah. Who he drop? Who he rests and brings back yeah. and rests and brings back? Because yeah. Zuma, you know, there's something. I mean, I think he's a formidable defender, but I do feel like, unlike maybe a Tamori or a Rudiger or a Christensen, Zuma needs to play and keep playing because I think I think he thrives on confidence and he thrives on game time, and he doesn't have the sort of fluid game that means you can just pick it up whenever. Whereas, I mean, I I, I knew nothing about Tamori, but you watch him and you just think. He could rest and come back. He's he's super quick. That tackle he made in the penalty area the other day was Amazing. absolutely spectacular. But I, you know, I, I I feel like Zuma needs to keep playing. I sort of feel like the vulnerable players are the two wing backs who actually yeah. have been playing pretty good, pretty well right now. But if anything, to see whether there's a way of, you know, maybe a Rudiger can play at right back. I don't know, or you know, I I, I feel like, you know, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it is. And I, actually, I, I think that uh, Dave and Alonso have been playing better and better. It's almost like they're they're relaxing into the side. I think pressure was on Dave and I think the fans were on Dave to a greater or lesser extent. And actually, I think in the last few weeks, he's really got it together. Um, the other thing I was going to say, I mean, you know, we, we can talk about those guys in a sec. But just before we do, the other thing about Tamori is... He's an interesting character. Against Ajax, when they came out and they started playing, 60,000 people absolutely making a complete <laughs> din, really sort of set Chelsea on edge at first. And Tamori was probably the most nervous of all the players mm -hmm. out there. And he thought, oh, my gosh, he's not going to be able to cope with this. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like one of those boxers who is, is just, you know, waiting to find a way to get into the game. And suddenly he did. And he mm. probably was our best player on the pitch. What do you think, Rick? I thought he was absolutely exceptional. Um, and I keep thinking to myself, well, this is really surprising. But it's not. Because when you think about it, uh, we've won the FA Youth Cup six years on the or six of the last seven seasons. Won the, uh, the UEFA Youth League twice and got to finals. This is the best, this, the, the crop of players we've been bringing through are the best in their age group in the world effectively they've been playing high pressure matches like this at their age group mm. uh, since they were 15 or something so this is the, this is what we mustn't overlook whereas in the 70s and 80s and 90s when our young players were coming through they hadn't won those kinds of things they hadn't played at those events they hadn't felt the pressure that you do when you're uh, being bayed at by 60,000 local fans, and that, that hostility. Um, and, you know, this is something that we we forget, I think, that they we underrate, even as, as brilliant and as acclaimed as they are, I still think we're underrating the process that they've gone through um, to get to the stage where they are, to have this confidence, this well 
that they can draw from when they're in situations like that. I, I totally agree. And John, I, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because these guys, when you watch Mason Mount and Hudson Adoy down the, the left flank, knowing where each other's going, you think that's incredible. They've only just got into the first team. And then you realize these guys have been doing this for, for 15 odd years or so. And, and, and that, you can't buy that kind of communication, can you? No, absolutely not. And, and uh, yeah, it clearly shows on the pitch. They, 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 they have a great familiarity and relax, uh, are incredibly relaxed with each other. And also, I think you can you can palpably see that Frank has instilled huge confidence. I mean, Mason Mount carries himself around the pitch now, like he's, you know, like he really means business. Like he's got real belief in himself. And I think, and I hopefully Callum will get more and more of that because I think he's still got a way to go. But but. Mm. I think the combination of the of the familiarity they have with each other, and the fact that Frank is their manager means that you know it's it's they've got so much potential. And they've still got Loftus Cheek to come back as well. This is the other thing, you know. We've got not just Rudiger, Loftus Cheek, Kante. I mean, it's the potential you, in this side is incredible. Yeah, uh, and and actually, I think you made a good point there, John. I think Callum who was tipped last year as the main man, has actually got more to learn than anyone else, mainly because I think he's so mercurial and he's got such ability that when he doesn't quite get the end product going, you really notice it because he, against Ajax, he should have scored at least one goal. His his crossing in wasn't as good as it has been. Um, You're not going to hold that against him. He's learning, isn't he, Rick? Oh, yeah. And I, I think you're being slightly harsh on him um, because I think there were a couple. There was a one that he, I know that he flashed across goal that really um, someone should have gambled on and, uh, uh, and, and converted. And I think also he's just come back from a serious injury and perhaps he's trying a little bit too hard. But he's getting he's creating chances. He's doing things that other players in that position wouldn't even be creating those chances and, and carving out the openings, those one-on-ones for themselves. Of course he's got to convert one or two of those, and he will. It'll all come good, I'm sure of it. Yeah, and I wasn't being down on him in the slightest. I was just trying to say, because of his ability, we expect yeah. so much. But he's a, he's a young guy who, as you say, that injury that he had in well, not that many years ago, you would never play again. No. It's, in, it's incredible when you see his turn of pace. But I, I think there's something else as well that, that's going on in, in the fact, and I, I'd love to know what you think about this, John, is is we have some experienced players in that team now, and we've talked about it in the past, but those guys are really doing their job. And I'm talking about, for me, as Piliqueta, where you can see that he's talking all the time. Yeah. Um, then I think... You know, we've got Jorginho and um, Kovacic. For me, Kovacic is the revelation of the season. I knew Jorginho was good, but I have to say I was surprised that we bought Kovacic. Uh, But I think he's proven himself to be a marauder, and I think he's going to get even better. And, you know, I also think William's taken on uh, a fair bit of the mantle. I thought he's he's had a, a quietish game against Ajax. They did a bit of a number on him, but... These guys are imparting knowledge and helping the young guys, aren't they, John? For sure they are. And as you say, I mean, Kovacic, I mean, he's playing absolutely superbly and and showing levels to his game that we definitely didn't see last season. 
I agree. I think for those young players to have those four players to learn from and to to be communicating with on the pitch um, must must really be a fantastic support. And I, you know, I've always thought William William's a phenomenally talented player. Yes, he can be frustrating, but he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, and as we say, we've still got Kante to come back into that midfield at some point. I don't quite know how, and and Ruben, but but but. Yeah, I think Kovacic, I mean, again, at the weekend, he was sublime and, you know, powerful, creative, determined, incredibly hardworking, fantastic engine. You know, um, I think I think it's a, it's right now it's a, it's it's the perfect mix for of those experienced players with our crop of young players. Um, you know, it's going to be so interesting to see how it develops and if they can just keep their feet on the ground and just, you know, keep pushing forward. One yeah. thing I was sorry, just sorry. Can I pick up on something? Just which is that the one thing I would say about him, uh, about Kova, is if he could add goals and assists to his game, um, what a sensational player he would be. We were we were watching, you know, watching the, the game on Sunday and thinking, mm, is this going to be? Is Kova going to be the new Maka? Like where we have to give him a penalty to get a goal. Is he actually going to... Because he makes these incredible runs, as John just said, where he beats or takes out three or four players and the opening happens and he either shirks the responsibility of taking a shot or passes it or whatever, by passing it or whatever, or the shot isn't good enough. Are we going to have to give Cover a penalty to so he can break his duck? Yeah, because <laughs> I think there's, a, there's an important point there and that is, and I thought this from the beginning of the season... You know, it's a real luxury to have two midfielders who aren't scoring goals. And as much yeah. as Jorginho, and he's a great player, he's not scoring goals either. And, you know, even Henderson scores for Liverpool. And, you know, all the top teams have got have got midfielders who can bag a goal or two. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. As well as they're playing, sooner or later they're going to have to start scoring goals because because your two central midfielders have to at a certain point. Yeah, That's perhaps. why he does penalties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and also I think that Kovacic is getting closer. He's soon going to maraud from the edge of the box into it, and then he's going to score one of the goals of the season, and that is my prediction. <laughs> so, right, we just have to go to a break, and we'll be back, because I want to talk about substitutes and the importance of them. We'll be back in a moment. Think you know everything about Frank Sinatra? Then think again. Award-winning Richard Shelton brings Frank Sinatra's story and his iconic songs to life in a new show at Wilton's Music Hall in London, October the 22nd through to November the 2nd. Go to wiltons.org.uk and grab your tickets now. Shut down in May. Right, here we are. We're back. Okay, there's also another point I'd like to make about our substitutions is that Frank seems to have that knack at the moment of bringing on people at the right time. And, uh, you know, he brought on Pulisic and he brought on Michi Batshuayi because, you know, let's face it, Tammy's going through a goal drought right now, um, which I'm surprised no one's said anything about that. Two games without a goal or whatever, uh, you, you know. But but um, but Rick, how important is it for these these sub 
substitutes to come on and do a job. Doesn't it make a difference to the whole team if they go, oh, it hasn't worked for us, but so-and-so just came on and he came and changed the course of the game. And Mitchie had had missed one, didn't stop him. He went and, and scored with the, the next shot. Yeah, and I think that the way that modern coaches work um, is not so much that they're thinking about 90 minutes on a day. They're thinking about, say, 90 minutes over two matches or 70 minutes over two matches. And one one person starts the game and plays an hour. Another one does 30 minutes of the, the, the rest that comes on as a sub and then plays the first hour or 70 minutes of the next one. And it is a luxury if you have... Uh, equally good performers in this. And when you think about it, um, Mitchie Batshuayi, Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, they've come on and they've they've had an effect. And and it's been a really positive thing. I think where, um, if that can continue, and what was it, you know, Napoleon said, don't give me good generals, give me lucky ones. And you do need sometimes to have that where you bring two subs on and they combine to get the goal. Um, uh, you know, as was the uh, the case at, uh, in Ajax, and that isn't going to happen all the time. And you could see when Frank was asked about it, he gave a, a knowing laugh because he knows that sometimes, you know, it's in the lap of the gods whether that kind of thing happens. But as long as we have them ticking over, so that they're raring to come on, and when they do come on, they have a, a positive effect. And as long as he keeps, I think, selecting. Uh, correct substitutes. He seems to have a really great instinct for a a smell, as Mourinho used to say, of what the game needs. And sometimes it's not obvious to the eye. It's just like an instinct. And I think he's getting that. He's getting that right. Although you could say maybe Burnley wasn't great because we conceded two goals in that that last 10 minutes. So um, maybe there is still some work that needs to be done. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, what's, what I think is interesting as well is, is Frank is his own man. It would have been very easy for him to come into the club and pick the same type of team. That, you know, this idea that you can't really change a team that much. You can't do mm. this. You can't do that. And actually what he's done is he was apparently told that Tamori, well, you might as well ship him out because he ain't going to get in your squad. Um, yeah. You know, people said Zuma was going to go. People just sort of, oh, Batshuayi's getting to go, go in the friendlies, pre-season friendlies. Well, he's not going to survive. And it's almost as he's used that sort of uh, lack of belief in those players to create a belief in them. I mean, John, have you been surprised at who he's picked for the squad and also what he's already got out of them? OK, it's very early in the season, but he is getting an amazing amount out of players we thought were gone. Um, yeah, I mean, am I surprised? Uh, (laughs) Up to a point, I suppose, a bit. But I, 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 you know, I think that Frank from the get-go was was very clear about giving everyone a real chance at finding a place in the team. And he's done exactly that. And lo and behold, you know, they're all bloody good players for the most part, aren't they? (laughs) And each one of them has staked a claim. I see now that the the latest story is that Reese is going to go to uh, Newcastle on loan. No chance. I'll be very surprised if that happens. Um, you know, I think he's giving them he's giving them a shot, all of them, and and now he's got the you know the enviable or unenviable task, as you say, of trying to figure out. I mean, God forbid when Kante and Ruben are fit, because yeah. I don't I don't know how the hell he's going to deal with that. 
No, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's going. We're going to see him learning other sides of being a manager this season. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's easy if things aren't going well because you can change things. In it, it's going to be under this meritocracy. It's going to be difficult to get in. So anyway, we've often had problems when we've been away in the Champions League with our next league game. And um, yeah, I, I loved Frank straight after the game saying, "Now we're thinking about Burnley." Um, <laughs> Yeah, because that is on paper. It's a heck of a place to go to when you've just had the the highs of beating a team like Ajax in their own backyard. And isn't wasn't that the first time we played them competitively, Ajax? Um, yeah. I believe, uh, which yeah. I find extraordinary for two sort of uh, you know denizens of European football that that was the first time. So there's euphoria, then the reality of Turf Moor, and ah, Rick. How did it feel to you when we just went out there and you just went, this team, you just knew within moments, we are on it? I think that's, I think um, it's been this way for with Chelsea for a, a number of seasons now, where when we start with intensity, when we start really uh, standing up to the opponents and we're quick in the tackle, our passing's crisp and positive and the triangle's the little triangulation is working. Then you know that we're we're going to have a, a good day, or we should have a good day. And you could see that from the outset. I think Frank said to them, "Look, well, first of all, he played Mason Mount in a a really clever position. He played the two in the, the centre of Georgie and Cover, and he played Mason Mount just ahead of them in a like a number ten role in a gap between the, their midfield and their defence. And they really found him difficult to to pick up, and he caused them all sorts of." all sorts of problems. And, you know, they're such a direct physical team. And when you've got, you were saying about Fick, uh, Fickaya, um earlier, about that kind of the mentality required, the physicality as well. You know, these are young men standing up to the likes of Ashley Barnes, who, by the way, they complained about hudson Adoy. I think it was preposterous to show him a yellow card for diving on that. But what about Ashley Barnes diving every time he went up for a header? trying to win a foul because he knows that they're good at set plays. That's their game. Atrocious. And Sean Dyash has the cheek to, to, to dig out an 18-year-old when uh, there's his uh, uh, hairy-arsed striker doing exactly the same. No, I, I agree. And, and John, I, I guess we've got to talk about it. That hat-trick, uh, what a way after the last few weeks that uh, Pulisic has had to come on and do that. But that first goal, for me, that was as good as any goal you saw from Eden Hazard. It reminded mm. me of the way that, that he yeah, plays. Definitely. I mean, I just got shivers up my spine. What about you, John? Yeah, listen, left foot, right foot and a header. It's a long time since the Chelsea player's done that. And I have to say, he was mightily impressive. You know, mm. the, you know, there was something about... First of all, he was really strong on the ball, that first goal. He pushed, you know, he, mm. he pushed his way past the players. He... You know, it was a, it was all round a really, really impressive performance and a performance that sort of it showed you that this is a guy who's got it all basically, and and you know, um, and also you could see how much it meant to him. And uh, you know, I think, as I said, I think Frank has handled him extremely well. I think he's he's played increasingly better and better in all the games, hasn't he? And then you know, it was it was just great to watch, absolutely great to watch. And, and the interesting thing was. Having scored that first goal, when he when he when he got the ball for the second goal, I I thought he's going to score. 
<laughs> you know, he looked like he was, he just, he looks like a class act. And I think, again, we've all got to stay a little bit calm. We can't expect yeah. him to do that every single time. But he's clearly a proper talent. And I, I also think, I think we've got to go easy on that he's as good as Eden Hazard's, or he's going to be as good as Eden Hazard, he's an Eden Hazard. But he's, he's definitely a, a really, really exciting, talented proposition for us. Well, I'm going to say he's going to be better than Eden Hazard. <laughs> Do you know what I love as well is that not only uh, is this team, this mixture of young and old, uh, and they're all super talents, not only is it gelling uh, and gelling with, uh, there's a bonding with the supporters as well that you see at every away game, uh, and obviously we all love the manager, but there are personalities emerging as well. I think he's one of them, but I think as his personality, he comes out of his shell a little bit more. I love the fact that Fikayo has dubbed him Captain America. And that's something that people can latch on to. You know, the, the media will start thinking, oh, there goes, you know, the, that, that moniker will stick with him. Mm. And I think as these young players, as their personality comes out, I think we're going to get much more of that. I think Chelsea are going to become a very a much admired and almost, dare I say it, lovable team, even to... Uh, to other supporters. Well, even to Ian Wright. I mean, I love hearing <laughs> Ian Wright eulogise about us. It, it kind of freaks me out, you know. <laughs> even Martin Keown begrudgingly said something nice about us the other day. <laughs> you never know what. I mean, it could be that Chris Sutton does something or says something pleasant <laughs> about us. But it's, it's highly unlikely. Not Craig Burley, though. Definitely no, not Craig Burley. Never, never Craig Burley. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you, also um, in that second half, one, once we got everything sorted out, it, it wasn't it great to see Reese James come on? And what a player he looks, doesn't he, oh. John? I think he looked, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because people were talking about him last season, when, and and as though he was the real deal. And and I'd I'd barely seen him at all, to be honest. And he's a player who, from the second he stepped on the pitch. He's looked like he thinks he absolutely belongs there. Yeah, he looks like a he looks like a really really fantastic player. Uh, and and I'm, I was like many players who thought Dave's number was probably up this season. I mean, he's he stepped up and is doing extremely well. But I I almost look forward to the point at which Reese takes over. Yeah, I, I think I think he is one of those players that. Um, you only need a, certain players. You just need a tiny glimpse of, and you go, "Okay, I do understand what the fuss is about." And what I loved was he was bossing people about. He didn't come on the some That's sheepish him. little teenager. No. He started going, "You go there, you go yeah. there." He was having a word with Georgina. He was having a word with Dave. It's fantastic. It's what we need. Communication has been missing from Chelsea sides for so many years, hasn't it, Rick? It has, and they there. Remember that these were leaders in their. At their age group, so they're not afraid to to point. And we may see uh, in the United game. Who knows? Billy Gilmore might be given an opportunity. This brilliant young Scots midfielder. He will be doing the same. He'll be like a young Ray Wilkins, pointing, uh, saying, "Run there, and I'll pass to you. Don't run there, and I won't." And that's that's the the brilliant upbringing that they've had through uh, through the Chelsea Academy. And I think. The thing about um, uh, interesting to just dwell on Reed for a moment, because of course when he came on at Turf Moor, uh, he played at right back, and it was Marcus Alonso that made way. Uh, uh, Aspie moved over to to the left, so maybe that's an indication of some of the thinking that they have 
uh, we're talking about these uh, these fullbacks and and how much longer they they may uh, hold their places. We could see that Reese uh, comes in at right back for more matches, um, and maybe Aspie switches to the left, or maybe Emerson plays on the left. I think it'll be interesting to see some people will be able to lay claim to places. I think. Uh, or not against Manchester United? Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right there, and uh, I, I guess we'll see how it unfolds. But every week is exciting at the moment. And and yeah. John, uh, John, I, I guess we should really mention again, again in a bit more detail that the, the two goals we conceded. Mm-hmm. I kind of think, you know, that first one. Well, you know, there's not much you can do, and the second one, to a greater or a lesser extent, you can point fingers. But actually, in a way. Isn't it quite good because it gives Frank something to say to them and keeps their feet on the ground? Yeah, I think one of the things that was interesting that Frank said after the game was that Jorginho was in the dressing room furious about those two goals, which seems that which seems like you know it's good that the team understand that that, mm-hmm. that you know that was letting their guard down. I have to say the first one was a worldie and the second one was a deflection. And I've also heard people, I mean, for some reason, people this season seem desperate to criticise um, Kepa. He could do nothing about either of those goals, absolutely nothing. And and although although the defence retreated a little bit, maybe a little bit more than they should have, I agree. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's a major deal. I just think, you know, the thing that I'm obsessing about now is simply that the Watford game is set up where it's so obvious that we should win it. There's so no reason for us not to win it that I'm just just dreading. Well, I'm not dreading it. I just want to make sure that they don't take anything for granted and we go out there and do the same thing again. Yeah, they haven't yeah. won yet, have they? They haven't won a game yet. No, they haven't won a game. They're never going to win a game. Troy Deep out for five years. You know, it's like we're flying and all our young kids are fabulous. They're going to beat us. And that's not going to It's not. That can't happen. Did you well, notice... Did you notice, by the way, that, that we've set a club record at Burnley? It's the first time in our four consecutive uh, while scoring three or more goals in each in each match. So that's a nice little record to, yeah, to establish. Absolutely. OK, well, look, we're, we're just about out of time. So we, we have got Watford away. But before that, we've got Man U coming up tomorrow. So quickly, um, I guess we should have a, a prediction for both and immediate thoughts on Man United. It'll be uh, a young side, or will it still be mainly the side we're seeing, Rick? I think, as I was saying earlier, I think Emerson will... I think some of the players like Giroud, Emerson, um, I don't know whether any of the other injured will uh, return, but I think... Uh, so, so I think you'll get some of those senior players, Caballero, and I think you'll probably see the likes, possibly Mark Gurhey, uh, Billy Gilmore. I think it'll be a mixture. I mean, you can't say play the kids now because they're already playing, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> they're, well, they, there are, but there's the ones underneath. The That's guys what I'm who saying, Gilmore. Up, yeah, I think Matt, and Mark you've got Matson as well. Uh, Matson's a, a, a really fantastic prospect. Have you ever seen anyone faster? Blimey. No, um, okay, so and, quickly, we've got yeah. to do predictions because we're, we're out of time. So... I tell you what, Rick, seeing as you're speaking about it, prediction for the United game. Um, well, all United Carabao Cup games go to a penalty shootout. <laughs> the last two have anyway. But um, uh, I think we'll win that one 2-1. And John, what's your prediction for that one? 
God, I hate predicting. I think we'll win that 2-0. Okay, well, I'm going to go that Frank really needs some uh, some revenge against United. So I'm going to go for 5-1. Yeah, that's what we like. And then finally, we got Watford away at the weekend. You've said everything that needs to be said, that everyone is expecting us to win. Um, You know, we'll see what happens. Um, John, your prediction for Watford? 3-0. 3-0, okay. And Rick? I'm saying 3-1 and extend that record again. Okay, I'm going to go for 2-0 Chelsea. Right, well, that's a clean sweep. It's going to be a lovely week by the sounds of it. And... (laughs) We shall be back next next week. Uh, again, we'll be out on the Monday because we've got game on the Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, all that's left for me to say is thank you, Rick, as always, for coming on and joining Mon us. Plaisir. And, John, lovely to have you back, and we'll get you in again soon. Thank you. It's been great. Cheers, Brilliant. fellas. All right, everyone, and Thanks we'll so see you all next week. Come on, you blues. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.